Welcome to Creating a Buzz About Health podcast with Paula Carnell. Honey, so today I'm going to be talking all about my tips and little hacks about taking honey or harvesting honey from your bees. If you've got bees, more often than not, you're interested in having a little bit of honey. Now, I know that there are more and more beekeepers who keep bees and it is more for cons conservation. So you might have a log hive and I could go into more detail. And on my courses, I talk about different ways that you can harvest honey from wild colonies, either Ziedler or log hives. But today I'm going to talk about harvesting honey in a more conventional way. If you've got a beehive with frames, be it large frames, top bars or um, conventional supers. Now, the first thing is you really need to connect with your bees. Taking honey is literally taking honey. You are um, stealing the honey that the bees have collected to actually help them last through the winter. The honeybees collect honey because they are the only species of bees that actually have a substantial colony that lasts through the winter and therefore need feeding. So they have to collect enough honey to actually store through the winter months. And then you have the um, the need that they have to use the honey to make wax. So throughout the year, the bees are needing honey. They need eight kilos of honey just to make one kilo of wax. So at the beginning of the season, so April, May, the bees are bringing in the nectar and they'll be using that to make more wax comb so that the queen can carry on laying eggs. So you must be mindful about what the colony needs. And I know that everyone says, well, how much can you take? And this is where connecting with your bees comes in. Now, I have some, some main rules. I do not harvest honey after midsummer. So June the 21st, that's my deadline. I try not to be too flexible. It's quite nice to have that as a deadline. And what that means is that I'm taking the honey that's left over from the last winter and the early spring, but it also means that the bees get the bramble, the lime tree, the clover. They get all that honey that they can build up through um, July and August so they can go into winter with plenty of honey. The other reason for doing this is that there's not many wasps around at the end of June or by through to June. And wasps can be a real problem. If you harvest your honey in July or August, the bees know they haven't got very long to top up their supplies. And so they get into a bit of a, a, a state. They can get a bit um, fractious. And it means that they've got to keep their entrances wide open so the bees can be coming and going and collecting as much nectar as they can. And they also then become more dependent on things like ivy, which they might otherwise not collect. But if you have not if you've taken the honey by June the bees then through July they can fill up and then by the end of July and August when the wasps start to become a problem they can seal up their hive with propolis and we've observed this they'll close down the entrances the bees can relax and they know they've got plenty of honey going into winter so quite often I will have three or four supers that the bees have got to go into winter and it doesn't seem to cause a problem with temperature with having too big a hive I also don't use queen excluders at all. So the queen has freedom of movement. So the whole colony can move wherever the food is that they want. Now, the other thing is, if you're not taking honey in July and August and the bees have got plenty of honey in there, 
they can then have more time to practice grooming. And this is vital to have healthy bees that can protect themselves against the Varomite. If they can groom each other and practice hygienic behavior, they can go into winter really, really strong. So those are my, my key tips about when to harvest honey. If you're in different parts of the country, you're gonna have different nectar flows. And so perhaps have you, you can be more flexible, but really be mindful about the life cycle of your bees and what's going on with other insects in your area. And maybe do a trial with some of your bees and just see how it how it affects things if you take honey at different times now the other key thing which is all about connecting with your bees is asking your bees now i've got this really funny little story we have bees in our back garden and when i was first starting to keep bees i had my mentor and the first harvest we took 140 pounds and we just took all the honey that's what i was taught to do that's what we did and then the bees were fed sugar. And when I realized they needed to be fed sugar, I made a decision I wasn't gonna do that again. So after that, I would watch my bees and I would sort of get a feeling about how much honey I could take. And on one particular occasion, I had the hive in the back garden and I'd been watching them grow up. You know, I'd been um, opening it sort of every fortnight, watching them from outside and they seemed to be doing very well. So I thought, well, I'll take six frames. When I opened up the hive, they had lots more honey than I was expecting. But I thought I'd only take six frames. I'd actually mentioned to the bees, I'll just take six frames. Is that OK? And that's what I took. We were extracting it in our kitchen and I don't use clearing boards. What I do is literally take individual frames out of the hive. So this is not good. If you're a commercial beekeeper and you've got hundreds or thousands of beehives, then this these comments are possibly not for you. However, I just take out the individual frames and I find that when it's capped honey, there's hardly any bees on it. You know, what's the point of the bees sticking on a capped honey frame? They are busy on the frames that they're still capping or that they're still filling. So you can just take out the frames and and take them in. So I brought in six frames. We extracted them. And in those days, I was still quite ill. And so my husband was helping me. So we had the whole kitchen, you know stripped out and ready for for honey extraction and because in the early days it's quite sticky business and you know you've got things all over the place and after we'd done the six frames and then I was taking the frames back to the hive I'd mentioned to my husband that actually they had a lot more honey than I thought they would have and he said well and I said oh we could have had another two frames and he said well why don't you get them while you take back the six and I didn't really have a good enough reason to not take another two. So I went back to the hive and I said, thank you very much, girls. Here's your six sticky frames back so you can clean them. And I'll just help myself to these two. So I pulled out the other two. The whole pitch of the hive changed. The buzz went from sort of mm to mm. And I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't. But I was already committed. So I took out the two frames, came into the house. There were bees everywhere. The bees where we could normally have the windows open while we were extracting honey, and that would let the odd bee fly out. We now had 150, 200 bees who were following me. They were banging at the windows. They were coming in. They were really, really cross. And I felt so guilty. And for me, that was a real lesson that you do what you say you're going to do with the bees. Bees are are really, really highly advanced beings. They are spiritual beings. And 
just because they don't speak English doesn't mean they don't understand what we're saying. It doesn't mean we can't communicate with them. So I had an agreement with them to take six frames and I broke that agreement. So I've never done that again. So what I do now is a week before I'm planning to take honey, I will sit with the bees, just spend a bit of time with them. And I would just listen and have a feeling. And I would say, right, girls, it's rent day next week. I'm going to come on whatever day. So I agree a day and I stick with it. That's the day I will come back. And I get a feeling for how many frames or how many supers I can have. And I do it by frames because I'm not taking whole boxes off. I'm going through each box and just taking out the frames of honey that are fully capped. So you might get a feeling that it might be six frames, it might be three frames, it might be 26, it might be 40. And whatever feeling you get, that's what you take. And you come back the day that you agreed and you're prepared. So here's a list of things that I always make sure I have with me. Number one is your tool. It's so easy to forget a tool and it's so easy to lose a tool. So always make sure you've got plenty of hive tools. And I like to have a variety of tools because different hives stick up in different places. And if you can get a hive tool with a bit of a hook, that's quite good for levering out the frames. Now, because all of my bees are native bees, they produce quite a lot of propolis, so the hives can get quite sticky. So what I do is I bring a glass jar and I can scrape off propolis as I go and pop it in the jar. So that's really good. So it's all done at the same time. I also bring a sheet. It's really good to keep your hive covered when you're working on them. You don't want them to get cold. And also when you're putting the frames into your collection box, it's good to keep that covered too, because you do not want to be attracting other bees or wasps or any other kinds of insects. So have a sheet or two because they're handy things to have. I always bring an empty super. So have an empty super but also have a super with extra frames, because what you might find is your bees are really busy, really full, and they're going to need something to do when you've taken out those frames. So be prepared to add a super with empty frames and also be prepared to have a super that you can put your full frames into. That makes them easy to carry. Now, if you have a super, it's good to stand it on a tray. And I found that the plastic gardening trays are perfect. They make it easier to then carry your super. It means if any honey drips off, it's on the plastic tray. So you can still strain that so you're not wasting it. And also, more importantly, you're not dropping honey onto the grass. If you drop honey onto the grass, you're going to be attracting pests. You'll be attracting um, wasps, ants, birds, all kinds of things that perhaps weren't aware that there were honeybees with honey in that area. So it's really important that you're minimizing the mess you make or how many drops of honey you spill. I also like to have a plastic container. I really don't like plastic, but I haven't found a good alternative. A sort of a storage box. And if you measure the frames that you use, whatever type of hive you have, find a storage box that will take those frames so that you can balance them on the ridge so that they can balance almost like in their own super and then they're not um, piled up on top of each other. So a storage box is a really good way or even if they can just stand up um, upright. And if you have a lot of honey and you filled up more than one super with frames, then this is a good way. Plus, you can seal the box. And if you've got honey and you can't harvest it straight away or you're going to be using cut comb, you can then put this plastic storage box straight into a freezer. Um, it's a good idea to keep some space available in your freezer. 
And if you freeze the comb for a few days, then that will kill any wax moth um, larvae because what you don't want is to do your cut comb and then you find that, you know, a month down the line, you've got things wriggling around in it. So it's really important to do that. And um, also have some other empty pots because you might find when you start to take the hive apart, particularly if you have a top bar hive, um, the comb will come away or we've got golden hives and quite often you'll lift the frame up and the bees have attached wax comb to the side of the hive or there might be a bit of cross combing. And so you'll have pieces of comb that you can't really put in your plastic tub, you can't put in the super. So have some plastic boxes that you could put or glass jars that you can put that comb in. And then if any honey's drizzling, it will go in the pot. So it's all these little things that are quite handy to have around. The other thing, which is a really handy gadget, which I always forget, I leave it in the van and then I've got to the hives and thought, oh, I've not brought it. And it's a metal frame that you can hang on the side of your hive if you've got a national or a WBC. And you can then pull out frames and hang them on there. So if you pull out a frame and it's perhaps empty or you're not going to harvest it, just to make room in your hive as you go through it, you can just hang it on the side on this hanger instead of putting it in a box or putting it on the ground. You can actually hang it on the box. So it's a really handy gadget. If ever you go to one of the bee equipment sales, they're normally there and they're only a couple of pounds. And you might look at it and think, what on earth is this? Mine are sort of a turquoise blue color. Um, I've got two of them. Um, and when I do remember them, they are absolutely brilliant. So a really handy bit of um, kit. So um, and the other thing that's good to have in your vehicle is a pot of water, clean water, because if you are working on more than one colony, you can start getting a really messy tool. You know, you're going to have honey on it. You'll have propolis on it. And if you can wash wash your tool, I mean, it's all very well wiping it with a cloth, but sometimes you want to actually sterilize it. So if you have a pot of water with soda crystals in, then in between hives, you can actually wash your tool in there um, and make sure it's really clean in between colonies. So that's a really good tip. So that's all the kit that you need. The other thing is the process. How are you going to do this? So you've already asked the bees, you've arranged a time. So that's brilliant. So you come back on that time. Hopefully the weather is fine. I don't use smoke with my bees. And what I have found is um, the bees, they don't fly in the rain. So if you have a water sprayer and the bees are all coming out and they're, you know, you don't want to crush them when you put the hive back together again, then just use a water sprayer. They think it's raining, so they go back into the hive. So it's absolutely brilliant. So use a water sprayer. Also, I have even taken honey when it's been a bit drizzly because, again, it keeps the bees quiet. They're inside the hive. But also the way I take the honey is I open up the hive and say I've got three supers that have got honey in. I don't just take the whole boxes. What I do is I remove the three supers and put them to the side of the hive. I close up the original hive so the bees will stay warm. And then what we do is go through the boxes. And what I'll do is each box, I'll pick up a frame. If there's no bees on it and if it's all capped, that's one to keep. And if they'd said I could have 10 frames, then I might go through three boxes and I'll just be taking two, three or four frames from each box. Then I reorganize the honeys so that you might get the three boxes down to two boxes. And then on the empty box, you put the empty frames in so that they've got work to do. 
The reason I do this is because the bees want to have a selection of honey. If you take a whole harvest, if you take all the dandelion honey or all of the lime tree honey, what can happen is when the bees are trying to survive through the winter, all they're left with is ivy honey or clover honey. And just like us, they want a balanced mixed diet. So it's really important that you leave a variety for the bees. So if you're looking at your honey and you've got a whole row of pale ones and then you've got some dark ones, don't take all the pale or all the dark. Leave one of the dark, leave some of the pale so that you have a mixture as well. So that's some of my tips. So then when you've gone through and you've taken your honey, you've got it in a sealed box or you've got it in your um, empty super with a cloth over it. You can brush off any bees with bits of grass if you have a bunch of grass and just wipe it off. And then because the grass that you've wiped the bees off can get a bit sticky, you can put that on top of the crown board and the bees will clean that up. So, again, you're not leaving anything sticky around the hive that would attract ants or wasps. And then when you're done, you can put the hive back together again, put the lid on, make sure you say thank you to the bees. And then you can go away and extract your honey, whether it's cut comb or you've got a spinner. This is what I've evolved over 13 years of harvesting honey. And I found it works. And I found as well that with my bee team, when we do it this way, none of us to date have been stung and I'm touching wood to keep our, our run going. None of us have been stung when we take honey using this process. And even with feisty bees that would otherwise sting you if you go anywhere near them. And then once you've taken honey, just leave them be. Leave them for a few weeks. I mean, bring back the stickies, um, whether it's the, the end of that day or a couple of days later or a week later. Just put back the stickies. And that's another good reason to have an empty super on the top of the hive. So then you can put the stickies on that empty super. Sometimes I put an empty super above a crown board so that I can add the stickies. And then if the bees start filling up those stickies, you can move the crown board and move that super down. So they've got more honey to get them through the winter. So there we go. I hope that helps. I'd love to know if you've got any useful tips that you've learned about extracting honey. And if you are a commercial beekeeper, if you think that there's any other ideas or tips that we could incorporate. So as people get more hives or start taking more honey, what have you found has really helped with keeping your bees happy and healthy whilst also taking honey um, for yourselves? And I am sure when we do it this way, the bees are happy to share. If they're not stinging us, then they're not angry. Um, so there we go. I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, please share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it. And um, until next time, have a great day. This podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B. Brooke. And the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.